You're listening to Resurrection South Austin, a community of faith, learning to do life together in the goodness of God. For more information, you can find us online at resaustin.com. In the name of God, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Church, you can have a seat. Happy All Saints, everybody. Woo. How many of this is your first All Saints? This is a little weird. Come on, I know. Everybody raise your hand. There, get them up. That's all right. What is going on today? This is not a party we invented. This party had been invented in the 700s. So if you're a Christian that at all identifies with the party in Christian church throughout history, this is your moment. This should be like, like Thanksgiving. We couldn't conceive of celebrating life without Thanksgiving or Christmas or these kind of... All Saints is right in the burning center of the church's party life. And did you hear these readings? You can see why. Did you hear this reading from Revelation? Man, I can't read that book without just getting choked up a little bit sometimes. And as I hear Stephen, way to go with reading that. As he's reading that, I'm looking at this beautiful icon behind us that depicts this thing that we're hearing Stephen read to us. Who is seated on the throne? Jesus. Jesus, this Lamb of God, is seated on the throne. Who is gathered around him? The entire communion of saints. Anybody who's anyone in the story of God and his salvation of the all things is represented in this icon that we have together. And we, we don't get to just look at this from afar, but we are actually gathered up into it as well. We're invited to participate. And so today, what you're going to see, sometimes we do this at Res, we'll switch the altar around. Oftentimes I'm on the other side of the altar and you guys are on this side of the altar with the altar between me. Today, we're going to do a move that like, if you asked all churches throughout the world, how are you oriented this morning? They would be oriented this way. More than not. 90% of the world is doing things this way. It's pretty interesting. Well, let's just say a, gr- a great deal of them. What I love about this isn't just to do things because that's what the rest of the church, churches in the world are doing, but what this does for us, and I wanna invite you to see this, as I posture my body away from you, this is saying, this is not about you. Yikes, I don't know, Americans, we, I don't know how we can handle people telling us this ain't about us, but you're gonna have to deal with that this morning. This is about the King of Kings. And we're actually all going to come to him in this icon. You can kind of picture that together as we approach the throne of grace. And as we come and kneel at the altar where Jesus is offered to us, you're invited with us. That's what's happening this All Saints. And that's what you can kind of depict and see in this icon. So I invite you to enter in with us. All Saints, like I said, was it's an old party. It's an old, old church party. What makes a saint? though. Who who are the saints that we're talking about here? Well, these are certainly those people that come to church every week. Don't miss it, right? They're they're those people that you see given to the poor who live those lives. You're like, that's, man, I'm never a saint. I'm not, this isn't my party day. That's for those churchy people, those people who have their life together. You may think that the saints had their lives together. They were exemplary people. We do celebrate them, but that's not how it all started for them. They had speech impediments like St. Vincent. They killed Christians, like St. Paul. They had really bad nicknames, like the dumb ox. That's rough. He had other ones like the angelic doctor, but the dumb ox, St. Aquinas. They were born out of wedlock, like St. Bridget. They were single mothers, like St. Mary. Many of them were single. Many of them were very poor. Many of them were disabled. Some of them were disabled. Many of them were wounded in their lives, like St. Ignatius. 
They ran away from home like St. Francis and St. Clair. And even as young people like St. Augustine, they had really wild lives, like not good lives. So the question is, what, what makes these folks saints? How do we come to celebrate them on a day like this? Well, in our gospel, we read that seeing crowds of people, Jesus sat down with his disciples and began to describe what it looks like when people like this come in contact with him. People who don't have it all together. People whose lives are a total wreck. What happens when those people come in contact with Jesus? What happens when they come and gather near to him? Well, let me tell you what happens. The poor in spirit, they receive the kingdom of heaven. That's what happens when the poor of spirit come near Jesus. Those who mourn, you wanna know what happens? And this isn't up for debate. What happens to those who mourn who come to Jesus? They are comforted, as a matter of fact. The meek, they inherit the earth. Those who hunger for things to be made right, things are made right and they're satisfied. Those who extend mercy to others, they are given mercy when they come to Jesus. The pure in heart, they come face to face with God. And those who suffer because they hold on to righteousness, the good ways of God, those who won't let go of the good ways of God and suffer because of it, you know what they get when they come near Jesus? They inherit the goodness of God in the person of Jesus. That's what happens when people like that come close to him. You gotta, you gotta understand, folks, and I know we've read, some of us have read Matthew 5, and we think, oh, Jesus is dishing out some advice for religious folks. He's issuing us advice. Here's holiness advice. Just try your best, folks. Maybe, maybe he's kind of like doing a book tour. Maybe he's gonna release a book, and so he's kind of just putting out some of the, the pieces of his book and saying, here's some quotes. It's gonna be really good self-help for you. This will inspire you to live just a really good godly life. Maybe you've read the Beatitudes, this moment with Jesus like that. He's not saying nice things to inspire us, friends. If you read it this way, if you've always understood it this way, can we just start over? Can I invite you into the reality of this thing, the truth? He's stating the facts. This is what it looks like when broken, ordinary, jacked up, super messy people, hurting people, lonely people, sinful people. This is what happens when those people come in contact with the son of God. He's stating the facts. He's describing, he's not prescribing something. Take two of these and call me in the morning. No, he's saying, this is what happens when you come to me. Those nobodies, those on the outside of things, the outsiders, when souls that are hungry for things made right come in contact with him, all of these people, all things are made new when they come close to the person of Jesus. This isn't homework, friends. Don't read this and think I got some work to do. Man, I really messed up this week. No, that's not what he's describing. He's not giving us homework. He's describing reality. And he's saying, stop living in the delusion, step into reality, come close to me and see what happens. When folks like this, when folks like you and I come near Jesus, we find all that we've ever been looking for and maybe didn't even know was him. This may be a surprise for some of us. When people like us, when we come near Jesus, we find shelter, we find refuge, we find safety, we find the love of God 
for us. We find that the gospel is actually true, that God is actively gathering all things to himself. All of us, all things is being, are being gathered to God through the person of Jesus. That's what we find when we see gather, people being gathered around Jesus. This is what it looks like. The other night I was praying with our kids before we go to bed and we, we sing this song. We've been singing this song. It's really great. And the lyrics say, um, our hope, are my kids in here? They would know. You remember this song? Our, I won't call out. That's embarrassing. Sorry, guys. My hope is in the Father. My refuge is the Son. My shelter is the Holy Spirit. Oh, Holy Trinity, glory to you. It's so sweet when you hear kids singing these theologically massive truth claims because it's like something about it just rings like more true than when I sing. I don't know, it just sounds great. But my kids, they don't even know this, but they're describing what it looks like when people like them and us, when we come close to him, we find that shelter. He is our shelter. He is our refuge. He is our hope. That's what we find when we come close to him. So the saints, saints are those who have found shelter, who have come close to the one that makes all things new. When we come in contact with Jesus, when we come under the huge arms of his cross, he knows who he's inviting. He knows what he's getting. He's getting sinners. He's getting liars. He's getting cheaters, thieves, those who doubt. He's getting those who are abused or are conducting abuse. He knows he's getting the lost. He knows he's getting the broken. He knows he's getting the lonely. And when they come in contact with him, you know what happens? He makes all things new when they come to him. How is that? How's that possible? Pause and think about, this. this is a huge claim, that when people as rotten as us, as rotten as me, when we turn away from that sin and we come to Jesus, how does he make all things new? Well, friends, can we just say that whatever Jesus promises, he actually follows through with? In John 12, 32, he says, I will draw all people to myself. When I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw all people to myself. How did Jesus fulfill this promise? When he was lifted up upon the cross, where he bore our sinful bodies on the cross with him, so that free from sin, we might live for righteousness' sake, that we would take on these lives of the goodness of God, by his wounds on the cross, this ragtag group of messed up people, their wounds are healed, what scripture says to us. This is good news for me. Is this good news for you? Can somebody say amen about this? This is such good news. The cross of Christ, this, this place where Jesus gathers sinners and broken people, it, it this cross, it empties sin of its power. Those things that burden you, that have captured you, that, have, that won't let you go, those, those, all of those things, Jesus has emptied them of their authority and power upon the cross. Under the arms of the cross, God gathers all people under his son to be saved. He gathers us still, even in his grave, to join us in his death, that he would trample over death itself. And he gathers us even still in his life when he is, comes, he rises from the grave into new life and then sits at the right hand of God, the Father. Jesus is still gathering us with him. For those who, have, who haven't been baptized, Jesus commands to you, be baptized, every single one of you. Why? So that he may gather you into his life. That's what that's about. 
In baptism, Paul tells us that we are unified with Christ's death and his resurrection. We enter into it. We become a part of it. What, what he has done, we get to enjoy the benefit of in baptism. We're going to see that even today, which is going to be pretty awesome. That's why I love, by the way, this tank. I think it was Justin Martyr, within the first hundred years of the church, said, hey, when, and when you baptize people, make sure you give them enough water to be buried in. That's why I like the tank. Anyways, back to the sermon. Because in it we see the watery grave and in it we see the resurrection of Christ. It's beautiful. Friends, if you don't know this life gathered up in Jesus, he invites you this morning. It's not something for you just to spectate and see. He wants you to come close. If you don't know this life with Jesus, there, there is no comparison. There is no life apart from him. Do you hear Jesus' call to you this morning? Come close. Where have you been? I love you. Do you hear his call? No, Sean, I don't hear his call. He's calling religious folks. He's calling churchy people. He calls saints, Sean. Not me. You don't know what I've done. You could not be more wrong. And that's okay. But you're totally wrong. Jesus does not call saints. He calls sinners. He makes saints of us. He calls sinners. He calls those who suffer. He calls those who hunger, those who thirst, who mourn for things made right. He calls you, all of you, to be gathered to himself that he would make your life new in him. Church, maybe you have been baptized. Maybe you have come to Jesus. Maybe you do live a life with him. Do you still hear his call today? Because he still calls us day in and day out. He calls to us not to be scattered about, Not to be busy, occupied with other things, but to tend to him, to his presence, to his call, to come near him. Jesus actually enjoys being near you. He wants you to be near him. Do you hear his call, church? May we be this morning that church who has gathered around the risen Savior, who has come close, who won't leave, not for any temptation. We won't leave. We've come close. We've tasted and seen that the Lord is good, and we're not going anywhere else. May we be those folks. These are the folks who are the saints gathered around the throne. You know what they say? Salvation belongs to our God who is seated on the throne and to the lamb. That's what they say. Amen, they say. Blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Folks, this all saints, you will miss the boat if you do not hear Jesus calling you near. Maybe we be the kinds of people who hear his call and answer and respond in faith and come near to him. There is a few ways that if if you're not a Christian, maybe you've never actually come near Jesus in this way, I wanna invite you this morning to witness what it looks like when people like you come near Jesus. Their lives are made new. When we stand and profess our faith, I want to invite you, stand and profess your faith, maybe for the first time. When we come to the altar and receive the goodness of God and the body and blood of Jesus, come forward. If you're not a Christian, maybe you haven't been baptized, come forward anyways. Put your hands over your your chest in the shape of a cross, and we will pray for you and bless you. And during that time, there's going to be people in the back who will be willing to talk to you and pray with you about what it looks like to begin this life with Jesus. If that's where you are this morning, don't delay 
There's nowhere else to go but Jesus. Come to him. He calls you. Come to him. There's so much of that to witness today. If you just open your eyes, it's, you can't miss it. Before we come to uh, the next moment, we're going to be celebrating some of the effects of what it looks like when Jesus calls a community of people to himself. We're going to be celebrating membership. We're going to be celebrating baptisms. We're going to be celebrating our new deacon that God has called to this church. Amen. I invite you in all of these things. There's nowhere to run, guys, okay? In all of these things, Jesus is gathering us to himself. Would you just go with it? Would you participate? Would you cooperate? Would you be aware that God isn't somewhere else concerned with something else? All of this beauty, all of this, the way we arrange things, all this pageantry, all of this is to make one point that God loves you and he wants you to come near. So as we proceed, could we all come near? Would we respond to Jesus who lives and reigns with the Father and the Spirit now and forever? Amen. 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 You're listening to Resurrection South Austin, a community of faith, learning to do life together in the goodness of God. For more information, you can find us online at resaustin.com.